This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Yeah, 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 yeah. God is so good. Shofar, it is so good to be here tonight. Guys, thank you so much for being here. I know it's a little bit different to what it normally looks like. It's different for me too. I did not expect to break my guitar, but I'm so glad we did. <laughs> guys, it was amazing. You guys have got some sick dance moves, um, and I just really want to honor you so far. You do community so well. Guys, the way that you are impacting East London through community and just building such an amazing dynamic with what community looks like, like you're really impacting East London and South Africa. Like, guys, it's incredible. I'm so excited to see just how you receive people into your, your, into your arms and love on them so well. Um, honor you guys. You do this so well. It's amazing. But tonight, I really got this really cool friend of mine and his wife um, <laughs> and the team. Oh, I haven't forgotten you guys. But what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to introduce Doug my bestie, and um, he's going to introduce his team to you because it's quite big. Um, and sure, so this is Doug and Michal. Come join me, guys. Um, okay, so Doug and Michal met in, I, I'm going to totally guess right now, Anyway, Doug's like, just shut up, Josh. Okay, Doug and Michal met at Bethel Church in Reading. Doug did three years, whoop, 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 the land flowing with milk and honeys. If you don't go there for Jesus, joking. Um, <laughs> Doug, um, Doug and I are really good friends. We go back to 2007. And the guy that I am today is because of this man. And I really just want to honor him in front of you guys and say, what he is going to give tonight changed my life. And I know it's going to impact you guys amazingly. Um, and the team that came with them from the UK is just mint. Guys, they've been seeing revival and in themselves, like, like they did worship the one day, one morning, and where's Steffi? And like, angel feathers and gems are arriving inside of their rooms. I'm like, me too, me too, Jesus. You know, like, I want more of that. So, yeah, guys, over to you. I'm just going to go sit down. <laughs> Love you. This is my beautiful wife. This is my amazing man. I'll be paying her later to go to the shopping mall. No. Um, my name is Doug, and uh, I'm originally from South Africa, as I said. I'm, I'm originally from Durban. Uh, lived in uh, the way I put it is I was I was born in Zimbabwe, bred in, Durb, in, in Durban, South Africa, and uh, I lived in in England and America. So that's the short story. Um, and uh, Josh, I, I knew from 2007. Um, the, can I tell you a cool story about Josh? Um, so, so Josh used to have this like funny. Uh, round circular thing that used to appear on his on his beard that didn't like grow. He has like a circular, like it just was basically like a bald patch on his chin. And as you can see, I've got a full grown beard. Um, I didn't have a beard at the time, but Josh was like, Josh was like, this thing's. And anyway, we prayed for him, and and it and it disappeared, completely gone. And now I see it surfacing on top of his head. <laughs> joking, joking. You can do that with friends, eh? Um, no, the one thing, one cool thing about Josh is me and him, he went to, to RS Ministry with Heidi Baker and I went across to Bethel. Um, and uh, it's just in his DNA. It's like, you know, something's just resonating in your DNA. Um, but the one thing I love about Josh is, uh, I don't know if you spent time with Josh. Josh, is, just, he loves Jesus and, and, and I do as well. Um, but he loves to worship. And we lived in this little shack in, uh, in near Moy River. Um, and it was, it was on, the, on this estuary, and it's where everybody wants to retire. Um, but when I was there, I was so bored. Um, I was just so, super, super bored. Because you wake up in the morning, and there's bushbuck on the, on the thing, and there's birds coming in and down the estuary. And you're like, 
this is beautiful, but like, where's, where's the action? Um, and there was a retirement homes either side. But Josh and myself lived in this little shack for um, about, I don't know, two years, a year, two years. And um, it was a time of us pushing into the intimacy, pushing into God, like fully pushing into God. Um, and it's probably one of the, my, my most hungry moments without any seeing any action from Jesus. Um, but the one time I woke up in the morning, and I was particularly this particular day, I was like, I was like, oh, I just, I just really like, 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 I don't really know. You know, when you just feel like, um, just like full, like fully, fully full, um, and you just like, um, Josh starts singing, and I, and there's like a paper thin wall between us, and he starts worshiping. And then I can hear him just crying to God, like just this worship. And in my heart, I started getting jealous for him spending more time with God than me. Not, not that he was trying to spend more time, not that I was jealous of his time, but I was jealous of how much time he was spending with God that I wasn't spending with God. And so it got this like little war between us of like worship. I'd have my worship set. He'd have his worship set. And we'd be like, who's going <laughs> to... And I was like... And then we, and then we just... The Holy Spirit would come and... Yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, but that was, that was one of the cool little things about Josh. Um, Josh hasn't changed much, and I love it. Um, that's true authenticity, is when, you, when you're just who you are. You, who's, he's the same guy you see on the stage as you see normally. Um, and I've loved his... What's happened in Josh's life is... Uh, testament to Jesus. Like, Jesus is so good. Oh, my gosh. My favorite subject is Jesus. Like, if you spend more, Nanette, Nanette, yo, I love, that girl there is amazing. She's on fire. <laughs> Nanette, Nanette blew up America. She, wherever she goes, a you just hear that, yeah. You just hear it. Americans didn't know what they're hitting them. Like they knew the South Africans when we were in the room. Um, so much fire, guys. South Africa has so much fire. Take it to the nations. Come on, guys. Get on your get on your plane. Buy a ticket. Just go. Like go. The na- the nations need what's on South Africa. Like desperately, desperately need it. And what we have in England, you guys need. Um, I call myself a missionary to England. It was not by choice. Uh, I crashed a car, flipped a car, and I owed about 20,000 rand. And I was a game ranger, broke game ranger, and I didn't have any way of paying it off. So I flew over to England to pay it off as a laborer. So I worked on a construction site for near on uh, a year uh, just to pay it off. Paid it off in six months and then ended up having a visa, so I stayed on. And there's a whole bunch of other South Africans there for other reasons, but my reason was that I just had to pay off a car. Then I got stuck there. Then I became a youth pastor. Then I became a Baptist. Uh, I became a Baptist, uh, you know. Um, and then, and then I got involved in the the the, the vineyard side of things, um, a thing called Soul Survivor. And then I came back to South Africa and helped um, a church in Peter Maritzburg for eight years. And that grew crazy. Um, and then God called me to to Bethel. Um, and I got woken up at. Quarter to three in the morning to the audible voice of God. Ooh, I get chills. If you're hungry, God will meet you. If you're hungry, God will meet you. My team are amazing. My team can stand up. They're like, they're cool. Um, I won't stay long in this because it's, we've got t- we haven't got time, but um, these guys are amazing people, and they've got, they've got some, some gifts for you under your seats. So if you put your hand under your seat, there should be something stuck to the bottom. Okay, that's fine. So if, there's a, if you're at the back, you probably haven't got, a, haven't got a gift. I'm sorry. But if there's a gift next to you that no one's sitting on, then you can give it to them. Okay, so if you haven't, put your hand up if you haven't got a card, 
You haven't got a card? Keep looking under you. I'm sure there's stuff under your seats. Just check under your seats. If you're at the back and you want to just like look under one of these two or these seats where there's no, there's no one sitting, you'll probably find another card. You two guys on the end there, you want to just drop underneath one of these seats? Fine. Okay, so you, if you haven't got a card, okay, you haven't got a card, put your hand up if you haven't got a card. Okay, Laka, no, that's cool. Okay, cool, you can drop your hands. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Jesus is your reward. Um, no, joking. <laughs> that was Andre's joke, not mine. Um, <laughs> blame your pastor. Um, these guys, these guys, you'll, on the back of the card, you'll see their name. And as you, as I speak the name out, find them afterwards and get a prophetic word. They're going to prophesy off, off the back of those cards. Is that cool? And if you're really desperately hungry, just come to Michal. She hasn't got, hadn't had any cards, but she's amazing. She's like a prophetess. Yeah? And I'll put it under the bus. Um, no, I'm joking. Um, so this is Steve Allen. Uh, this is Sue Allen, his wife. This is Chris Gardner. Uh, this is, I'm going to forget names now, Georgie. Um, Georgie Farmer. Sue Morris. Maurice, Morris, um, and this is uh, Amanda, I don't know, what's your, what's your second name again? A Bartlett, a Bartlett, what do you say? The most English woman you've ever met. <laughs> Amanda, she's so lovely. Uh, anyway, but, 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 and I love, we've got a little sarcastic game, sarcasm in England is, is humor, and it's love, it's like a love language. Me and her have got this like sarcastic um, game that we play with each other, um, and uh and but she's the most loving person you've ever met. She'll just like love she'll just like come up to you and she'll just and she'll love the hell out of you. Um this is Hashina, as you've heard her before. She's like yeah, anyway, I, I won't go into details, but she's there's glory on her. And this is Flo. Um and these guys all are part of my we've got a ministry school we started two years ago, Supernatural School of Ministry, and these guys are all like um are on the school this year. Um, and Flo at the end here is our full-time student. She gave her life to Jesus last year. Um, so on the back of your card, you would have seen a name, and if you were paying attention, you would, would get uh, the name, and you'd be able to like go, oh, that's the person I need to speak to. Otherwise, just find any of them, and they'll give you a prophetic word. So you guys can have a seat now. So uh, if you know Myers-Briggs, I don't know if you know Myers-Briggs, I'm an, I'm an ENFP, which means basically I just live by the seat of my pants. I love it. Just fly by the seat of my pants. Just, I just go wherever, wherever God says. And, and, it's, um, and my team is finding this very interesting because there's some people, if you know Myers-Briggs, some people are very planny and I'm very spontaneous. Um, in German, my wife's German. She is very planned. Me, I'm spontaneous. And there's a thing called plan los which Afrikaans people will understand. Um, but they laughed when I, then I said, our marriage was on a beach in, in, in England last year, and we basically got married, and uh, it, was, it was a chamors. But it was a holy chamors. It was, it, was, it was so beautiful, and if you know anything about England, England rains all the time. And so we took a step of faith, and we, we, went, we rented the beach. Um, well, you can't rent a beach, but a guy owned a beach, so we... We paid them in car park fees, and we had um, we had this massive beach, the only beach I could find that was was big enough, um, massive beach, and we, we we got married, and the the rain came over, and the and basically as our wedding started, the rain stopped. Whole ceremony goes along, and then the ceremony ends, and the rain starts again, which is amazing photograph for, for for photography. You like you're thinking, how can I get everyone off the beach? And then the rain starts and everyone walks off the beach. And then we left Mahala myself on the beach with a photographer and we're like, yeah, this is cool. So God's got it all planned. Um, he's a good God. He's an amazing God. God's doing amazing things in Bristol, in England, and he's doing amazing things around the world. And you can see it on Facebook um, if you're following the right people. Um, uh, and not the wrong people. But God's doing something really good around the world. I tell you what, I've never seen so many people give their lives to Jesus in England. Like I'm telling you, Holy Spirit's doing something cool. Like we are seeing people get saved, set free. 
and delivered. And I love what she said about community because our whole, our church that we run is, is built around community. We have uh, nine, eight, nine community homes where like up to 21 people, Christians, live in a, in one, in a house at a time. And we, we, we run the school and we run social enterprises and it's all down one street. We guys are doing heroin outside and, and we, we get to love people. We get to love the hell out of people and let get Jesus in them. We get to connect people to Jesus because that's the end of the day. That's our biggest ministry is reconciling man to God. Priesthood, where a, a priest means to be a bridge. We're a bridge. Our ministry is to reconcile man to God. Um, so that's what we do every day, all day. Um, and I believe every day, all day. Um, it's tiring, but it's the most beneficial, most beautiful, most amazing thing you could do for yourself is just fall in love with Jesus and go, God, I'll go anywhere you go. I'll, I'll anywhere. I said, I'll go anywhere. And God took me to England. I was like, oh my gosh. Then I said, okay, fine. I'm going back to South Africa. So come back to South Africa. I'm like, yes, thank you. Back, back at home. And then God says, go to America. I was like, the last place I wanted to go was America. And I ended up going to America. Don't tell God, I won't go to this place. Because I tell you what, you'll go, ha That's why. Whoop. God's more interested in your heart than he is in... He's more interested in your heart and your character than he is interested in your uh, comfort and sometimes your prosperity. He's more interested in the prosperity of your heart than he is in the prosperity of what you living in comfort zones. God wants your hearts, guys. And a yielded heart, God can use. What my team, my team here, they're, they're an awesome team. Um, they, they're trusting me right now because uh, basically I've asked each of them to prepare a 20-minute a, uh, sermon. And none of them knows what, who's going to get picked. So they're all like sitting there going, Doug, don't pick me, don't pick me, don't pick me, don't pick me, don't pick me. Um, you know, in Timothy it says, it says we, should be, um, we should be ready to give an account in season and out of season. Are you ready? Are you ready? So, Holy Spirit, who should I pick? Man, I've been feeling this thing on my heart the whole night. Just like this tenderness of God on the hearts of man. Just listening, just trying to, just hearing God. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that only thing we can do is hear God. When he speaks, we move. If you can do the same, just bend your ear to God. Just listen to God. What's God saying? Anybody born in 1966? That's a long time ago, but 1966. Someone really old. Anybody born in 1966? Anybody know someone who's born in 1966? Yeah? Three of you? Okay, cool. Um, does April mean anything? April? 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 Okay. What does it mean? Birthday. April, 1966. I just heard 1966 in the prayer room. And um, um, I don't know who it is. You know, your dad. Okay, I knew it was a male. Um, I just... There's something about in Bristol that's happening. We're getting words of knowledge like crazy. I'm getting like up to six numbers, like Sean Bowles, getting six numbers of people's telephone numbers. Like you can download. I get goosebumps just saying it. Like, like we become friends of God. He shares his stuff with us. Become friends with Jesus. He wants to share it with us. Um, I just felt for your dad. Um, I just felt, I just felt strengthening, strengthening to his, his, his back, strengthening to who, who he is as a man. Um, uh, he's a man of integrity. Yeah. Um, does the name start with an R? No. Okay. I'm just, hey, guys, I'm practicing. Every day is a practice day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just bless your dad. I bless your dad. What's his name? Ainsley. Father, I just bless Ainsley right now, Lord God. I just pray your blessing on him. I pray your fullness of God on him, Lord. I pray for his, his daughter. Yeah, God, I just thank you for her. Just pray your blessing on her. Thank you, Jesus. You're a good God. You know us. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Bless him. Bless him right now.
Let him right now. In Jesus' name. Can you find me afterwards? I've got a prophetic word. Um, God, it's good, eh? Okay, cool. So, um, uh, we're... Babe. Careful, this, this woman is one of... I'm, I'm the fire, and she's like... Hey, she's like... Yeah, she's, she's just... My, my wife is like... My wife is like the... Like a... She, she hits... She hits you hard, and you don't know you hit. Until you walk away and you go, Oh, whoa, that was hit. She's super soft, but beware... Holy Spirit hits you. She's, she's lovely, man. This, like God gave me an amazing, beautiful wife. And she's going she's gonna to tell me stop because she doesn't like it. Um, guys, I waited 40 years. for my. I'm 41 years old now and she's 27, so I married a younger girl. It's good. Um, but you know, you know, I waited 40 years and I was still a virgin at 40. And that's not to shame anybody in the room who's, who's, who, who, ha- who hasn't walked that road. But I want to give you hope that you can walk in victory. And it's hard, but you can walk it. Because I said to Jesus, Jesus, I want to be an example for you to the nations. Not just in walking, but in action. And it wasn't an easy road, and I could go into the details on that. But, babe, um, are you ready? Can we extend our hands to her? Father, I just thank you for Michal. I thank you, Lord God, for the life that she leads um, and for the purity of her heart. And God, I just pray your blessing on her. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd guard her words, that she, when she speaks, she speaks with authority and from your voice and your voice alone. God, I, we, just, we pray your kingdom would come in each person's heart right now. Lord, I pray your kingdom would come right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Hello, my name is Michal, and I'm from Germany, and I stop here with introduction because you have done a good job. (laughs) Um, Thank you for letting serve you and love on you. Um, It's an honor to be here, really. You have a great church. We we said we're going to go after the heart, and I think a lot of things have happened already, and... And a lot what comes from the heart is like feelings. And our feelings, they are guided by, by our minds, by our thoughts. And that's what I want to talk about today, about our thoughts. Did you know, there, there was a u- university study, and it has revealed that every, the average person um, hears about 1,200 words a minute of self-talk. Yeah? And 1,100 are negative. Can you imagine how crazy? Like, the thoughts that you think, like, over, almost all of the thoughts are negative in every, an average person. And I think that happens, like, that, that happens subconsciously because we're so used to it. And I want to go after this today to wake up our minds to get into our hearts, yeah? Are you with me? So, um, let's open John 8, 44. I start in the middle of the verse. John 8, 44. He is a... Okay. He was a murderer from the beginning. It's talking about the devil. Not holding the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The devil, is, it's his nature to lie, to speak, to whisper as lies. Yeah, he, he does that um, on purpose to, to steal our identity. And he has started it from the very beginning with Adam and Eve, when... When he, he told them to eat from the tree that God had 
told, God has told them not to eat from. And he deceived them and he lied to them. And what happened? Adam and Eve, they sinned. And through, th- uh, through sin comes shame. And so they hid from God. They hid because they, they suddenly realized they were naked and they had to hide something because they, di- they knew that they did something wrong. And, and so God was, was looking for them and he asked, who told you, who told you that you were naked? And at that point, at that point, the relationship between human and God was destroyed because that's what the devil is going after. He wants to destroy our relationship, our intimate relationship with God. And so he whispers and gives us all these lies about ourselves that are not the truth and that are um, not the thoughts of God he has for us. And we build this wall through thinking and believing these lies and there's a disconnection between our relationship with God And most of my life, I, I've experienced it myself. And even now, I'm still, I'm still, I think it's a lifelong journey. It's like this thing of renewing your mind. Um, like taking every thought captive in, in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10.5. It says... We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised, again, uh, raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Okay? So, if you become aware of what you think, who, who told you? Who told you that you were not good enough? Who told you that you are too old? Who told you? <laughs> Who told you that you are too young? Who told you that you are not educated enough? Who told you that you are not beautiful enough? Who told you that you are different and you are less than others? Who told you that you are not equipped for something? Who told you? that you are not powerful enough, who told you that you have to feel shame and that you have to hide, who told you that you have to protect yourself, who told you that you should be, um, that you should be punished because of what you have done and you, who told you you don't deserve it. Who told you that? All these negative thoughts they're not from God. And that's going around, like, through our minds every day, daily. And Bill Johnson, he says this, this is one of my favorite sentences. We can't afford to have thoughts in our mind that isn't in His. We can't afford it. Once we, once we receive Jesus in our lives, we have the mind of Christ. Yeah? And we can't believe anything else that God doesn't think about, that He hasn't, that He doesn't think about us. So He would never think badly about us. He would never talk us down or, or make us small. In Jeremiah 29:11, it says this: "For I know the thoughts that I, that I think towards you," says the Lord, "thoughts of peace." and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And you know, when you receive Jesus in your life, He basically showed you your value. He gave you the ability to to see yourself how God sees you. And it's love. It's just pure love. And sometimes our heart is so hardened because of all these thoughts, because of the disconnection, because we're believing all these lies and, and we don't 
we are not able to receive his love. We're not able to experience his love. So what can we do about that? Train your thoughts. Take your thoughts captive. Become aware of what you're thinking. And there's a really good practical way of doing it. I call it um, declarations. And for some people, and even for me sometimes, it was weird to speak something about myself that I don't really feel like I am powerful, I'm amazing, I am beautiful, and I can do this. I am funny. I'm joyful. I'm joyful, and you experience a whole lot of pain inside of you. But you have joy because you have Jesus. He lives inside of you. What else? You deserve that. You can't fail. There is no shame. You can do this. You are unique. You don't have to be like others. You are unique. Don't compare yourself. Hmm. He has so many great plans for your life. And he just wants you to walk in it and to fulfill his promises and the thoughts and the plans that he have for you and that he has for you in your life. But if we keep on letting all these lies into our minds and believing those lies, he can't, like, because we, you know, one of the greatest gifts he has given us is choice. And you are powerful enough to make choices about what you think. Yeah? <laughs> all right. One of the greatest gifts God has given us is choice and you are powerful enough to make to choose what you think what you think about yourself and it, it starts with yourself or like it says love the lord with all of your hearts and with all of your minds and with and lean not to your own understanding and then there's another one which says love the lord and others as yourself and if you don't if you don't have anything good left for you. You're not able to love others and love God because you haven't experienced it. How do you want to give it? So this um, renewing of the mind is basically, you can do it through these ways of declaration that, we, that I've just done or showed you or praying, pushing into God Reading scriptures, like everything that is written in the Bible, is for every single person of you and for no one special. Or like you think, yeah, this person has a great call in his life and, and that one is for him, but not for me. But it's, it's meant to be for every one of us and each um, a, like time, timeline, 2,000 years ago and today and in the future, so, I want you, I want everyone to close their eyes. Close your eyes. Go deep and think, think about what you're thinking about yourself. Where have lies let um, fears into your heart? Where, where did you believe something that that made you feel rejected and unloved. And life, life is so real and things happen. And, and we, we react to it, but we also know the truth and we know where we can get healing from. And if we hold on to God rather than then on what, what has happened to us, we won't get freedom. Hmm. So, whenever there's something that 
pushes you down, that makes you feel hurt, that makes you feel anxious. Take this thought captive and put it under the obedience of Christ. Do you guys want to repeat after me? And we say all these declarations. Yeah? Okay. I am good enough. I am able to do what Jesus did. I am smart. I am qualified. I am powerful enough. I am beautiful. And for the guys, I am handsome. I am the guy. I am the man. <laughs> I deserved and I am worthy to be loved. I can't fail. I don't feel I don't have to feel ashamed. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And no negative thoughts will hinder me. The more you do it, you can practice it as well and you you can feel like a couple of days really weird in doing it, but one day it kicks through and slowly and slowly you will you will see that your way of thinking and your posture or like yeah will your attitude will change and it will change the way you feel and the way you um behave and you um act with people and it will increase your your intimate relationship with God which is the key you will be able to hear his voice more clearly if you let your walls down. Let the walls of the lies down. And slowly, you will try to like, if there's a breakthrough happening, so you try like to, you know, a lie tries to sneak in, you will try to build a wall again. But at that point, you need to be choosing again. What do I choose? Don't let the wall build up again. Yeah. I want to I want to pray over you and and yeah, take it take it personal and really think about it and make decisions now to to keep on choosing the right things. Yeah. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for every person here in this room. Thank you for the love that you have for them, for the thoughts and the plans. They are good. And they have purpose. And they have life and hope and peace and happiness and joy and kindness. The, the Spirit, um, the fruits of the Spirit are here for you. They are available. I now release that over you right now. The ability to choose the thoughts that God has for you. To see yourself the way He sees you. Through Jesus. Otherwise, He has, he has died and he's, um, he has done it all. He's suffered all in vain for nothing if we don't take it. Lord, I bless them. I bless them in this journey. Lord, right now we take... We take the thought captive or that lie of self-hatred and we turn it into the truth that you love us we take the lie captive the lie of powerlessness and we turn it into the truth of power the spirit of power that you have given us and the lie of disappointment, we turn it into hope. The lie of hurt and pain, we turn it into comfort. The lie of fear and anxiety, 
into love because love casts out all fears. We take the lie of needing to control everything and we give it to you and receive relaxedness, chilledness because you're a chilled God. Hmm. always know the law by the thing that you think ah it's like it niggles at you before I went to Bethel um, I carried hopelessness around me like a weight and when I went got to Bethel uh, I got forced into Steve Backlund's class which is direct declarations and uh, my pastor forced him in there and I, was, and I was sitting at the back there and I was thinking like this is not for me. And he would say, right, do declarations. And I'd be doing declarations. And I'm like, this guy is on one. Because I was just hopeless. My, my, my feelings were seriously, I was just sad. And I've been carrying sadness for about two years. And, uh, and then I did it again. And I did, and I did the, de- and then they like, do the declarations, put the declarations on your mirror and declare things over yourself. So I went and started going, and, I, and if, at first I'm like, yeah, da, 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 like this. Some of you here, your feelings are guiding you. Some of you here, your feelings are in the, in the, in the boots. You've locked, locked the boots and you, you push your feelings completely away. They're not supposed to be driving the car. They're not supposed to be in the boot. They're supposed to be next to you as a passenger. Your feelings are meant to be like like indicators to tell you about what your heart's doing. Some of you here, shut your, shut your feelings down. Shut your heart down. Because it's easier just to shut your heart down and live from a place of no life and no abundance. Some of you here are just floating around, just following your emotions, where it's like, woo! And I was like that. And so for two years, I was just, I was just under this, this serious sadness, and I didn't know how to shift it. But like my wife said, it's like you start declaring things, and as you declare them, the truth over your mind, because Jesus is truth. And when Jesus comes into your heart and into your mind, but it's got to come, the war is here. The war is here. And it happens every day. But I tell you what, within six months of declaring, I started to feel better. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling a little bit better. Maybe this actually works. So I started declaring it again and starting it. And then I started believing what I was, I started believing what I was saying. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm like a little happy. You know what I mean? And I suddenly started to take those feelings that were controlling my life and pull them down. But the thing is, no one had ever taught me because unfortunately in South Africa, majority of people in this room, maybe not in this room, maybe, maybe you guys aren't in the room. Majority of this nation is, has PTSD. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Whether you like it or not, you're living in, an, in a society of violence. You're living in a society of, uh, my English, English team are like, oh my gosh, there's so many barbed wires and so many gates. What do you guys, how do you guys live? And I'm like, we live in a, in a in the, and fear is this close away. So what do we do with fear? Fight, flight. I've never seen more aggressive nation than South Africans. I checked two ladies in the... In the, <laughs> the two ladies at the, at the counter when I came and flew into South Africa last time. Man, they were tuning each other like crazy. And they were like, yeah, da, da. And I was like, whoa. I checked at this one guy. Uh, he was, you know when you stare and then you suddenly realize you're looking at someone? You're like, oh my gosh, I'm looking at someone. So I'm, I'm on the plane and I'm just staring, staring, staring. And this, this, this Lati, he's 18 years old. He's, he's busy talk, chatting to, his, to, to, his, to, to the two girls in his class. And, and, and he sees me look, and I'm just staring at him. I wasn't staring at him, but I was just staring. And it was, unfortunately, he was in the middle of the, the gaze. And he's like, what are you looking at? And I'm like, oh, oh, sorry. I'm like, and he was so aggressive to me that I was like, oh my gosh, this guy hates me. Do you know what? I was like, this, I'm going to become this guy's best friend. By the time he came off the plane, he was sitting by me. Whenever Michal left to go to the toilet, he would come and sit next to me and, and I would prophesy into his life and I'd tell him who he is in Christ. 
You've got fire. South Africa. South Africa's got fire. You need love. You need love. You need love like Joshi. And these guys, they, walk, they work in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the rubbish dump. You need love that, that costs you everything, where people are walking in your homes. We have community houses where people are sleeping on, our, on, the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the beds. Sue here has... So, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going gonna, gonna, gonna to tell, tell you, brag on her. She's, she's, she's bought a hot house for refugees. As South Africans, we love the power. We love the anointing. We love the, the passion of God. But I tell you what, um, Todd White came to South Africa in, in Peter Maritzburg, and, and I just remember him. I went to like, I was like, I just I'm like, oh, the power. Come on, I want the power of God. I want to see, I want to work in signs, wonders, and miracles. You know what? When, I gave, when he gave me a hug, all I could feel was love, 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 love. Because, ah, it clicked. It was a light bulb moment. The power of God comes through love. If you have not love, you have nothing. Man, can you stretch your, just put your hands out. Just say off to me, God, I need more love. Teach me how to love. Because I don't know how to do it. Because I don't know how to love. I do not know how to love. And every day I have to ask myself, God, Teach me how to love. Teach me how to love. I feel like the message that I carry around the world now is just love. That's so simple. I'm like, God, could you pick something else? Nope, love. Just love. Just love. Climb over the seats, over the seats, and love someone. Love someone. This guy's amazing, by the way. Rudy. Stayed at Rudy's house. First night, I went on booking.com. I was, Holy Spirit, which, where, where should we stay? And we ended up staying at this guy's house. We just, man, he just poured love. Love it was like a love exchange. We had a lack of bra. Um, guys, love, love will take you places where you've never been before. Love's taken me into the townships. For eight years, I lived, worked in the townships. We'll can tell you this. In, 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 in Peter Maritzburg. But like I just, I just love, love, will, love will take you to places when you, when someone asks you for a lift, you go. The Bible says this. It says, it says, it says you should. Um, if a man asks you for a coat, you know that one. When a man asks you to walk one mile, you go two miles. When was the last time someone asked you for a lift? I remember in Durban, one guy asked me for a lift. I said, okay, cool. Where do you live? He said, in the middle of Kwamashu. I said, fine, come, jump, jump in. We drive. He says, just to the taxi ranks. I said, okay, fine. Get to the taxi rank. I said to him, nah, nah, nah. Where do you live? He says, Kwamashi. I said, show me where it goes. He said, no, 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 drop me off. Drop me off here. I don't mind. I end up going to his house. I end up, I end up having, having uh, this, this, this moment where his wife wasn't there and his two kids, they're on the wall. And he says, they're up in Joburg and I haven't seen them. I end up praying for the guy. End up standing, I just I loved on him. And then he starts to brag on me, starts to introduce me to all of his neighbors. And suddenly people are giving their lives to Jesus. Because why? Because I, st- I chose to stop and I chose to go to a place that I've never been before. Was I scared? Yeah. Does it mean I kissed my brains goodbye? No. Nope. i got common sense. Guys would ask me, they'd say to me, you're the only white South African coming into the townships at nighttime. And, and you get Americans and Europeans doing Christians, but they, we never see South Africans do it. I had my one guy, he's a, he's a farmer in um, <laughs> uh, Hayden. If you remember Hayden. And he took, <laughs> I took him to a home group in the middle of a township and uh, he, 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 was, he, was, he was transporting this dude and he, he pushed the dude out of his car and he said, tell Doug to F off um, and uh, tell, him to, tell him to take his Christianity and go take it somewhere else. Five years later, that guy's 
that guy is in the middle of Zimbabwe farming and bringing people to Christ, serving with his wife in the middle of Zimbabwe because he got something of the gospel. Now, I'm not telling you guys all you need to do, whatever, you know, I'm not telling you to go jump and, you know, do something risky. Um, I might be telling you to do something risky, but do something risky the Holy Spirit says he tells you to do. Go love. Because I tell you what, love looks like something, man, we get it every day. I've got heroin addicts outside. Michael can tell you, we've got a guy strapping, strapping up, injecting himself next door, and he comes in, and, we, and he comes in every single day, and he comes in every single day, and we love him, and we love him, and we love him, and we love him, and we love him. And I walk down the street and just, just, just this afternoon, hey, hey, boss, can I have a job? And I'm like, I don't, I, I don't have a job. I know that the, the, the deficit is huge. The deficit is huge in this country. There's so much lack in this country. But I tell you where, tell you what, when you go to God, He's got everything. And when you start asking God for stuff, He comes through. There's a place where we stay. I don't know if you've ever read George Muller. You know George Muller? Read George Muller because we live in one of his homes. And he's a German guy who walked into Bristol in, in the, back in the, when there was an orphanage problem. And, and he saw, get this, he never prayed. He never asked anybody for money. He just got on his knees, prayed, and the, and the stuff came. When was the last time you didn't ask for something, but you asked God for something in the secret and then got rewarded in the public? I'm over my time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I heard you guys are Holy Spirit junkies, so it's going to be good. Guys, I, I, I don't... My, my, my heart is, my heart, I just keep hearing those words, eyes of a tender heart. My message to South Africa is, do you have a tender heart? Do you still have a tender heart? Because I could feel my walls go up when I was on the t- in the rubbish dump um, on Friday. Some guy, some, some, some cause guy pulled my beard and I could feel it in my heart just wanted to, I was like, I'm booting up to fight. Because that was my background. I'd fight things. And I could feel my boot. And I'm like, and I could feel it. And it's real, guys. It's real. Yeah. I could feel the anger start to, 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 like. And then I was like, hold on a second. This isn't love. Turn to God. Repent. Sorry, Jesus. I'm sorry. Sorry. Where's this guy? I need to love the guy. Robin says, that's the guy I've been looking for. And I'm like, she's like, come with me. And I'm like, I'm going that direction. (laughs) Why? Because I'm I'm just a man. I'm just real. I'm I'm just a guy. But I tell you what, this, I tell you what, if with Jesus, he says, keep, he keeps coming like this. He says, keep coming, keep love, keep on loving, keep on loving, keep on loving, keep on loving, keep on loving. Because love will change this country. You want to know the answer to this country's problems? Love. Love. And it's not going to be one person loving. It's going to be a whole church loving. What does it look like to be a church that loves so extravagantly that it gets into the newspapers? What's, what does it look like to, be, to love so much that the, that the government goes, I don't know what's happened here, man. It's just something's happening. Something's happening. Because when we do it together, man, we, we'll change the nation. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.